1: Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm, maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay, I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition, available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. they're some of the most famous crime movies of all time and have left gangsters and their glamorous malls forever embedded in popular culture now crime world is going to make you an offer you can't refuse in association with dingle whiskey and the sunday world magazine we'll be recording an exclusive invite only live show on december 1st in dublin's sugar club and for a chance to win tickets all we want are your views and your votes Over the coming weeks, we will be reviewing our top 10 iconic movies with some special guests as part of the Dingle Whiskey Movie Club on Crime World. And we want you to vote for your favourites to be in to win. Details on SundayWorld.com and Crime World's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And remember, keep your friends close but your enemies closer.
0: This is where you see organised crime actually be organised. They really... Look for people without those big, lengthy criminal convictions. They're in the logistics business as much as the drug-dealing business. Some of these older guys, middle-aged men, really control the proper finances of these organisations and really make it all happen in a proper way. Middle managers who are helping multi-million dollar businesses operate.
1: I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals drugs and the sins of the underworld in ireland and across the globe underworld banker patrick lawler is beginning a jail term after a court heard he was caught with drug money belonging to a trans global gang the 56 year old former builder claims he had fallen on hard times before he agreed to mind and move money linked to george the penguin mitchell and his reclusive sidekick robbie murphy But his capture is a window into the secretive dealings of the Mitchell organisation, who have for decades remained one step ahead of the law. Today I'm talking with Niall Donald about the Penguin, the Money Man, and Ireland's real godfather of crime. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. incredibly interesting story last week in the courts and we were reporting on it um, in the Sunday World. Uh, an underworld banker by the name of Patrick Lawler, 56-year-old, is jailed. He was caught with an amount of money in a taxi and his house was later uh, searched and a further more than 400,000 was found in various currencies, etc. Um, details were given to the court of who Patrick Lawler is and what he was earning, and who he was, was a Mister Nobody, no convictions whatsoever, um, unknown to people. Had worked in the construction industry for most of his life, living in a, a, a middle class part of Dublin. And to outsiders, he was just a guy who'd done well and maybe been slightly affected by the crash in his in his uh, in his business. But all the while, he was earning the equivalent of a hundred thousand euro salary from. The gang linked to George the Penguin Mitchell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think cases like this really show how organized crime truly works.
1: Organized, yeah,
0: yeah, and how how um, these older, some of these older guys, middle aged men, really control the proper, the proper. Finances of these organisations and really make it all happen in a proper way. There's obviously younger drug dealers that are ending up in the in the newspapers more and are on social media. But there's there's a, there's another network. Obviously, Mr Lawler being one one at the case, and you're referencing maybe Declan Brady, another Mister Nobody who was in a similar position, who are really middle managers who are controlling uh, or helping multi-million dollar businesses operate and uh, as you said lawler was getting a, a salary
1: which is which is unusual i think yeah well you see Uh, And funny, apparently it's not because the larger criminal networks, like the Kinnahans and like George Mitchell's crew, are that military in the in the way they operate. They could essentially be Google, and you are on a salary apparently. And as you move up the ranks, or you get different roles, there's different salaries for it. There's caps on the salaries. There's Christmas bonuses. I mean, people would laugh about that, but that's the truth of the matter. But to talk about this Lawler, um, we need to go back to the 1990s in Dublin. And it was at that point that there were a group of criminals and they surrounded George Mitchell, really. There was Derek Maradona Dunn from the North Inner City, a very well known sort of local footballer, yeah. wasn't he, essentially? Yeah, footballer, yeah. Um, there was Thomas the Boxer Mullen, who was an ex-boxer. And there was Robbie Murphy, who is another one seen as being in in Mitchell's crew. And a number of things happened in the the mid-1990s. First of all, there was this second wave of heroin epidemic that had come at the communities already struggling to get back on their feet after the 1980s. And these guys were seen as the people who had caused it. They'd been bringing in international uh, connections at this point. They had been bringing heroin in wholesale and ecstasy. You have the ecstasy culture coming up. And I suppose you have the idea that drugs are going to be something that a whole new group of people are going to use because of ecstasy that they maybe never would have looked at heroin. So you have that going on. So you have the community sort of eyeballing these individuals who have become very recognizable. You have Tony Gregory going into the doll and naming a number of them, such as the concern within the communities. He uses Doyle privilege at that time, Doyle privilege to name George Mitchell and I think Mullen. Yeah, Mullen I, I was
0: probably the most uh, famous case of of Tony Gregory uh, who named him in the doll. And of course, Thomas Mullen at the time was a well known boxer, and um, he really hadn't had that reputation and um, certainly outside the the north inner city people didn't know he was a drug dealer he he hadn't got he had a reputation as a sportsman and Tony Gregory uh, named him named some of the properties he he owned and uh, yeah it caused a massive stir at the time because it's one thing to name somebody who's already notorious in the eyes of the the public who's a as, as you know yourself from working in journalism. It's one thing to name somebody who's got a rake of convictions for drugs. Yeah. But Thomas Mullen wasn't. He was he was not a drug user himself. He was, if anything, a fitness fanatic. He was involved in local sports and he was named by Tony Gregory. And he at that stage Thomas Mullen particularly was a one of probably the main supplier to the North Inner City And in the you know, when there was a second epidemic of heroin in, in the inner city flat complexes. And he was really managing a, a very very profitable organization and had you know at that stage cab didn't exist and he was buying properties uh you know buying them in cash and and you know there was nothing anybody nobody was going to get close to him until Tony Gregory
1: did it. It was a very... Uh, Brave move. I mean, Gregory was an incredible politician. Whatever your politics are, he was an incredible local representative. Absolutely. And, you know, he really understood
0: that the the linkage between, um, you know, drug crime and, and, and how that can put a community under pressure... Um, open drug dealing isn't
1: something that, that that the people who live there want, you know. Now, at the same time around, so you had the communities, I suppose you had the politicians. Um, there was also a lot of these guys fell foul of the IRA. Now, the concerned parents against drugs had sort of been depleting and it had been kind of infiltrated a lot, would say, by the provost. And, you know, a lot of people would suggest that actually the paramilitaries were kind of putting the heavy on some of these drug dealers for money. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was arguments. (laughs) There there
0: was arguments. um, There were certainly uh, some prominent members of the anti-drugs groups who ended up falling foul of the law, you know, in particular, um, for linkages to drug dealers. But, like, that's not to tarnish the whole... uh, you know, anti-drugs movement with that either. I
1: thought you were gonna say it's not to tarnish the
0: provost. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the I mean there was a lot of the, you know, that that was there, and some people yeah. certainly for political purposes as well hyped up those links. But those links were there. That's look, that's just the reality. But it was a different world, I suppose, the 90s. Um you know, we saw in the Kinnan Hutch Feud that that the power of of the the distant Republicans uh became leg- negligible the Kinnan cartel had no problem taking them on but in the 1990s the the provisional IRA um, ruled the criminal underworld with, a, with you know they just ruled it they did that they was were it. the most
1: powerful entity and everybody else had to kowtow to them yeah um, and I said really about that because I certainly know with Mullen and Dunn, Maradona Dunn, and indeed with the Penguin, there were stories around the idea that they had been threatened. And they started, to, firstly, they a, a, along with... Um, Robbie Murphy, firstly they started to move in and out of the country, based themselves in UK. With Dunn, he moved to Liverpool first of all and all these guys had very strong connections with Liverpool. They started making um, a second home really in the Netherlands and Mullen would ultimately go down to Spain but they're kind of moving in and out of the country and then 96 happens and you have the murder of Geirn you have the Gilligan gang fleeing John the coach trainer and Peter Fatso Mitchell land up in Amsterdam. At this point, the Penguin has settled there. He's not coming back because of all this sort of crackdown that's happening on uh, organised crime. And you have the establishment of the Criminal Assets Bureau. And despite the fact that these fellows have made a load of money, they cannot stand parting with even the smallest amount of it to the state. There's an anarchy to them that they believe that it's thievery nearly for the state to try and take back these properties from them
0: yeah i mean george mitchell of course would have been a contemporary of john gilligan and 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 maybe john cunningham who's a, a leading member of christy kinnan's right hand man mm. they would have all grown up in ballyfermot they would have been contemporaries and um but yeah george mitchell was one of the the first targets for the the criminal assets bureau along with gilligan and he he fought a long uh, legal war really against them um They were targeting certain properties that he owned. And, he, yeah, many, many legal challenges. There was talk that he funded other people's legal challenges uh, to allow each of these things get tested in court. But, of course, ultimately, uh, I think only one of the cab cases was resolved three or four years ago against George Mitchell, as far as I remember. I mean, it went on that long.
1: And then his brother as well, Paddy Mitchell, who died. He, He was left behind. He was sort of his number one guy here, certainly most trusted. But... I suppose the, the the point being these guys all washed out of Ireland because of these various things that were happening in the 90s and particularly the established the cab. But they set themselves up then as wholesalers, as drug wholesalers on the continent and Mitchell in particular would be seen and bizarrely a German court during uh, um, applications for warrants for phone, for tapping his phones were told that he deals directly with the Colombians. Now he has done for a long time. He cut out the middleman. He was one of these very innovative uh, dealers who has made a fortune. I mean, this story we're going to talk about when you look at Lawler uh, and of course the police who who raided his property found the ledgers. So they found the, the you know, the, the financial, you um, evidence of what was going on in this in this gang. And in one year alone, it showed that 12 million went through the books in Ireland here. Now, that's half of what went through the books yeah. for the Kinahans. So that's how big this Mitchell operation is. Yeah. They're almost as big as the Kinahan operation. Yeah, but much, much less prominent, I think.
0: You know, much more, um, much more maybe subtle. I mean, I think in if you look at George Mitchell, he throughout the 2000s, he would have had certain clients across Ireland um, he would have had very strong connections with the the Colopy Gang in Nimerick. Um, he would have had stayed deeply in, embedded in, in Fermit with associating with people like Dee Dee O'Driscoll, um, with what's known as the Family Gang as well these people tended to be slightly less, slightly more under the radar. And he maybe wouldn't have had a, a, the same, I mean, no matter how big the, the, the Kinnan cartel got, they seem to have a, they seem to really want to totally control mm-hmm. things that were happening in Ireland, where George Mitchell seems to have had a more hands-off approach and just more focused on making
1: money. But they...
0: Less murder. Less murder.
1: And that's um, really clever because that's really what brings everything down yes. on top of you. if if you're a drug dealer and you want the cops at your door. So he would have stayed in, I mean, there
0: would have always been talk of of the Penguin this and George Mitchell, but really he... he drifted off the uh, the public radar through the t- 2010s, and he didn't really, people didn't really know where he was, um, you know, there was talk of him, and he certainly was, you know, we knew he was, he'd spent time in Spain, and, and maybe in, you know, in North Africa even, but there wasn't, uh, he wasn't, you know, if you remember the... the Christy Kinnan hosting big uh, for boxing fights, bringing all these gangland figures together for these big nights out. George Mitchell wasn't operating like that um, but he was certainly remaining uh, one of those elite drug dealers in Europe, uh, not just in Ireland but one of those few guys that were really wholesaling directly from South America where it's believed that he he built up a good reputation with those people, uh, paid his debts and uh, was determined to built up contacts with criminal organisations across Europe, um, maybe lesser organisations we don't hear about in terms of being in parts of Northern Europe, like the uh, biker gangs and things like that, you know,
1: incredible reach. Incredible, and, and his 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 investments seem to be, and probably for a, a different day, that whole story about Mitchell and what he was doing during the, the 2010s. But while he was gone out of sight, out of mind, he left behind and his group and his associates, including Robbie Murphy, left behind very structured, uh, what would you call them like here in well, this a country? Cells, really. Yeah, a more disciplined sort of franchises, I
0: suppose. Yeah. Um, obviously, George Mitchell's brother was still in Ireland and he's passed away now, but they, they were a more disciplined organisation. They weren't being blamed for murders. That sort of they weren't on Facebook. Um, all of that, uh the 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 center of that gang,
1: you don't see them on on social media. They're the absolute opposite. I mean, they really are careful. So careful, in fact, that George Mitchell was never photographed until we tracked him down in 2015. And uh Robbie Murphy has never been photographed. There is no image of him available on social media, and that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> in the modern world, really world? yeah. Um, but anyway, I suppose my point being that they left behind these structures in Ireland and in the UK, which is what's bringing in the money for them. So the, the, the Mitchell organisation, the wider Mitchell organisation and his associates, are sending drugs through to Ireland. And they have a network who are handling that, the logistics and getting them to their destinations. And they also have this separate, completely separate network who are collecting the money and sending the money back out to them. And neither side know who the other are or what they're doing. Um, and that's just... To, so as it sort of... It reduces yeah. the risk yeah, no should one... anyone being found. For example, Patrick Lawler yeah. has now been caught. Uh, he's starting a very lengthy jail sentence for his role in the money laundering operation. But he can't tell anybody should he want to who's bringing in the drugs who's the transporters and, and where they're going because he actually doesn't know
0: yeah i mean and this is this is the uh this is where you see organized crime actually be organized um and of course you saw with, with thomas bob Kavanaugh, who was also a contemporary of of george mitchell where you know they have they they really look for people without those Big lengthy criminal convictions. They have the, the the logistics. They're in the logistics business as much as the drug dealing business, where the actual movement of shipments is is hugely important. And that's totally separate to the people who distribute the drugs then and collect the money. Um, but yeah, you see, it's a it's a it's a massive organisation. And um, you know, it all it's all run through. I think in this week's case, there was something like. And
1: 70 phones, was there encrypted phones involved? Um, There was 98,000 euros spent in 2019 on encrypted phones by this simple network that was sending the money back. I mean, that's not even anything to do, I presume, unless they were buying the phones for the ones on the drugs end of it and then distributing them to them. But 98,000 is a shitload of money spent yeah phones, it, it is it is considering you can buy uh
0: t- phones and Tesco's for fifty euros or whatever and throw them away but you know this is this is the part where there is a discipline and and there's a determination not to get caught of course as well but it's a multi million dollar business and that's or multi million euro business that's that's the reality
1: if we look at the salary that um Patrick Lawler was getting five thousand a month mm. uh which is the equivalent of a legitimate 100,000 euro job after you pay your tax, you'd pull in about 5,000. But for that, he was working just a few days a month. Yeah. So what he was doing was, I just want to get the details exactly right here. He was moving money. He was storing it, first of all, in his house because when the guards followed up with the raid, the guards from the Guarded Drug and Organized Crime Bureau, who had got a tip off about this, um, And I'm sure we're working on a lot of intelligence in actual fact to to get this far and deep into the penguins groupings finances. But when they they went to the house, they found all that money in the shed as well. So what he was doing was he was storing money for them and he was moving it now. The day that he was raided and arrested, he was with a taxi driver called Ross Hanway, who's also now serving a lengthy sentence for his role in it. He pleaded guilty to um, the money that was in his taxi. The guard were watching Lawler as he came out of his house and he had a big, large, big backpack on his back. He hopped into Hanway's taxi. Hanway, he didn't actually flag him down. He just was sort of standing on the side of the street. And Hanway pulled in. He got in. They obviously let them move on a little bit. And then they they pounced on them. And in that in that rucksack was more than 400,000 in cash in euros. So both of them were caught with that. And obviously the money that was followed up in... The search that was found in his shed, in Lawler's shed, included a variety of currencies, including Ukrainian currency. Yeah. What's that about? Well, I
0: mean, I think there's foreign drug dealers as well in in Ireland, but I mean, I don't know is the answer. Um, Yeah.
1: There was US dollars, there was sterling, euro, and then I think Romanian.
0: Yeah. So it just shows you, I suppose, it's one of the big, as we probably have said before, one of the big challenges for these criminal organizations is getting money in and out of the country. I mean that's a huge huge part of it. Mm. Um you know and and you see somebody like Lawler and and Hanaway they they you know you're talking about getting paid 5 grand a month which is a lot of money but maybe not an out of the world level of money but really you're talking about people doing two or three could be two or three hours a month, really, just collecting and dropping off. Like, it's really a a very tempting proposition, you know. But these people have to be developed. They have to be found. These people with no convictions. And a lot of, if you see a lot of these cash seizures are coming in connected with taxis as well, because obviously taxi men can move in and around and move about. It's not suspicious for a taxi man to be driving around the city. You know, calling into people they don't know, collecting things. So that that's also become a, a factor in 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 how these people collect and deliver money, and um, to get a taxi taxi man involved. Um,
1: and yeah, it must be very hard to keep track of all that money as well. It that's must the be, but that's why they have ledgers, and and there are always ledgers. And and that's what happened, Johnny Morrissey and the Kinnhans, because when they raided his properties, they found the ledgers because he had to keep a note of it. He can't be yeah. on your head unless you have one of those beautiful. Minds. Yeah, which how which no, which many to do. claim
0: now are you? No, no. Well I do have a beautiful mind, but not of that type. But no, but yeah, that and that that tends to be through the history of, of, of of organized crime across the world, it's the ledgers that get you done, you know. And whether you
1: write it down as soap or, or computers or and the code or, is all really easy to crack, yeah. I think, when they're actually speaking. Now, Hanway was given a rise. Did you notice that he'd been working for them since 2017 and he had been on 1850 or 1750 yeah. a month, yeah. which is a decent enough salary, probably, is it? About 30000 equivalent dollars? Or something? Yeah,
0: it went up, I think, to four grand ultimately. Went uh, up to four grand. Yeah. I wonder what he
1: did for that. Well, I presume. Uh, he just got, he went in and kicked up and got a rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like
0: drug dealing, of course, for the, for a large part, um, certainly at a lower level, operates on tick. Mm. And people get. Drugs, and they pay in the aftermath of them. Um, you know, they're always at the mercy of some amount being seized, something going wrong. Um, so there's there's only very trusted people will get salaries uh, mm. because mostly the risks are borne by by drug dealers who 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 you know take their chances. But I suppose these guys were risk-free, really, beyond the the being tracked down by the police. Um, they're making a set mu- set amount of money, and
1: the taxi driver to me, from the little we know, because we, we we were given some information from the courts, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it. And of course, that money was that was found and linked to Lawler a million, nearly in total, between the money in the backpack and the money in the shed uh, of different currencies. There was also a bank account discovered which was containing over 100,000 euro and that's been frozen a luxury mercedes car was seized and an ongoing criminal Access bureau case um, is is underway against him so he has a, seen a lot of losses his son ian uh who was living in the house with him and his and his mother, he was, he pleaded guilty to 18,000 worth of drugs that were found during the searches. I don't think the police were expecting to find those drugs, but they did. Um, Lawler Senior, the father, wanted to take the rap for them, but uh, it's, I think they were found in the son's bedroom, and he—he's yeah. I think the, the, the sort of the court said it was uh, a kind of a separate
0: operation, separate, a, a yeah. personal sort of operation by mm-hmm. by, the, by the son, uh, rather than part
1: of the the broader criminal network. Yes, yeah, so detective Garda Ronan Dillon, who's working with the Drugs, the Garda's Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau, told he'd previously told the courts that following a tip-off, this surveillance operation was set up up on the Lawler home at Collins Avenue in West Dublin. And that's where the, you know, it all started to go wrong, really, for Lawler. He didn't realise he was being watched as he stepped out to flag down that taxi. Um, And I think the court, it was suggested to the court as well, that this wider operation is in place to ultimately to link, you know, to try and get the big boys the likes of Mitchell, the likes of Murphy. Um, I do know that as part of this investigation, there were links found to Liverpool. A close associate of Robert Murphy was identified living there with a girlfriend. There was a a number of businesses, including a hairdressing salon, which was identified as somewhere that there was money being laundered through. It just shows they were called actually a trans global drug gang in court. and, And this is just showing how similar they really are in their setup and their operation to the Kinehans. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: and that deli- the Liverpool link is really, really strong. And that's not just a recent thing. That there seems to have been uh, one of the prime um, selling grounds for for, for Mitchell's organisation, really deep, deep and lengthy ties there. And there's been a number of court cases through, even in the last decade or two, where people have ended up in prison in Liverpool f- for selling drugs linked to George Mitchell. So they're they're a significant operation. Um, obviously the, the Kenhans and maybe the, the, the way that they operated dragged a lot of attention um in the media. But, you know, as they've been dismantled, um, there are there are other people that are going to jump in to take their place. And I think that's a reason why George Mitchell's broader operation is being targeted, because there will be a gap in the market and there's nobody in a better place to, to service that market than than, than the Mitchell organisation.
1: Mitchell's one hell of a story. Do you know he's in his 70s now? Yeah, yeah. 73, I think. Yeah,
0: and still going, you know.
1: There very few of them. Yeah,
0: there's very few. I mean, absolutely. Um, If you if you think back to his contemporaries, as we said, he's the real Godfather of Irish crime, isn't he? But if you think back, like if you think of the people that he would have grown up with or grown up around, you know, the John Gilligan people, the Cunningham brothers, the Cunningham brothers, you know, a whole wave of criminals that have even Martin Cahill would have been a sort of broad contemporary, um, and many others. um, You know, they've all fallen by the wayside, or either. You know, been killed or ended up behind bars. Uh, John Gilligan, for example, and um, even just recently, it's back in court. But unlike them, George Mitchell has just kept going and kept kept one step a, one step ahead of the law. He's incredibly
1: tight, apparently. Yeah, yeah. You see, all those guys came from grinding poverty; they really did, and and that's probably always still with them. No, apparently, he is. There is that phrase. Maybe I shouldn't use it because it's a bit rude, but yeah, he's tight. He's tight with his money, shall we say. Yeah. And um, he's obsessed with money, obsessed with making it. I would think that the collection of money is almost an addiction to him. He doesn't seem to really totally enjoy it. He travels around. He's on the move as is his associate, Robbie Murphy. They never are able to settle. They've been on the move really since they left Ireland in, in those mid-1990s. They travel around the globe. They stay between hotels, apartments. They have Mitchell for years, while everybody thought he was in North Africa in a huge, big hacienda, was actually living in a two-bed apartment down near Marbella yeah. and driving a Nissan Micra-type car. Yeah. like I mean, I'm exaggerating by saying it's a Nissan yeah. Micra, but it was something akin to that. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd have to wonder... It's a funny wonder, life. And what is the motivation? You'd have mm. to think some of the motivation is
0: is the buzz of... Has to be. There has to be the buzz of it. Yeah. Um, I can't really... It, it's probably not financially solely financially motivated so it has to be some of it and of course like Mitchell has continued to try and despite being in his 70s he's continued to try and innovate he's been at the forefront of encrypted networks yeah. all of that stuff in the cyber bunker. I mean um, you know it's incredible that I they, was
1: actually thinking that when I saw that figure that they'd spent 96,000 on encrypted phones in one year I was wondering was he trying to buoy up his own business like, yeah, yeah. Was, you know yeah. I'm doing really well somebody put in an order of 96,000 <laughs> not it's my own business.
0: But it just shows you that he's, you know, he probably the reason he has stayed ahead is he's always tried to get on to the next thing, cryptocurrencies and all that. It's, A bit like yourself. Oh, isn't well,
1: you? I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I tried to get on. He's been successful, unlike me, maybe.
1: I actually think the Mitchell deserves the proper treatment in crime yeah. world, and it's going to be my mission now to get that. From start to finish, an incredible story, finish. and, and incredible. even there we're mentioning
0: the cab stuff, but there was so much. There's court so much cases, you don't um, really
1: know. You have to. You'd actually have to sit down. Yeah. And have a structure And there's
0: political links as well. Yeah. you know, there was there was a whole series of, of
1: of almost forgotten scandals. You know. Well, let's root them out, dust them down, and uh, bring them back to life on Crime World. But for now, Niall Donald, thank you very much. Thank you, Declan.